Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. Today's episode is going to be about intuition. It is a response to a question posed by one of our podcast listeners, and I got it from our Facebook group, the Align Self Podcast Listeners Facebook group. Now, you're more than welcome to join the Facebook group if you're not yet a member, and when you answer one of the gateway questions to get in, one of the questions is, how did you hear about the Facebook group? The answer, I'm going to tell you right here, the answer is on the podcast. Because we only want podcast listeners inside the Facebook group because we would like to have a common conversation. And over time, Facebook has started feeding this out to the general public. And uh, it's a gated community. I don't want just anybody in there. I want people that are actually involved in the conversation. And so that one question does a lot to make sure that the right people get in the door. But in the Facebook group, I had posted a question So what's on your mind today? Please share one burning question I can entertain. And Gamma was one of the listeners that left a message, and I felt it quite important to actually feature it in its own podcast episode. Her question was this, how do I tell the difference between a thought and an intuition? This is an important question and a fundamental question as we begin exploring intuitive guidance. How do you know the difference between a thought and an intuition. One reason, first and foremost, why this is such a relevant question is that it can be challenging because how we interpret either, whether it's a thought or an intuition, is with our mind. And so it feels very close to a thought. An intuition feels very close to a thought. A thought could easily be confused with intuitive guidance. Now, I actually have a course called The Intuition Course, and there is a module with several lessons that help delineate, to make distinct your internal vibes, tuning into your internal signals to ascertain what is an intuitive response and what is a thought. Most generally, the origin is important. A thought will have the feeling, the sensation that it's occurring in your head. It will feel like a cognition. It will feel a little bit more deliberate, a little bit more contrived, like you arrived at an answer based on past programming, a series of thoughts. You've come to a conclusion. An intuition most generally occurs first in the body. You're going to feel it, an urging, an impulse, a sensation somewhere along the midline of the body. What that means is if you were to draw a line between your belly button and your throat, this is the midline of your body. And so a lot of people would say, I have a gut feeling or a a palpable response, a sensation in my chest. It might feel like an expansion in your heart or a contraction, like constriction in your breathing, constriction in your musculature. Now, while an intuition most generally occurs along the midline, It can really occur anywhere in your body. It can be an ache in your body. It can be a tightness in your shoulders or a tightness in a particular muscle group. 
Now, on my YouTube channel, I have a, a short video that describes my perspective of consciousness. But most generally, if you consider in your body, you have 50 to 100 trillion cells. Now, each of these individual cells are sentient, or they are living little beings in some way. And metaphorically, you can think of it this way. They eat, they eliminate, they think, they make decisions, whether or not they're in safety or they're in defense. They will reproduce, they'll replicate. You can actually take any of your cells out of your body, put them in the appropriate medium, like in a Petri dish, medium meaning that it will provide nutrition in the right environment. It doesn't have to be a part of your body in order to replicate and grow. They'll grow independent of your body. So they are actually a part of your body, an aspect of your body. Together they make up your body. And like I said earlier, each of these individual little cells think. There is a field of consciousness, a bioelectric energetic field around each cell. Now collectively, as I said, there's 50 to 100 trillion cells. So collectively they create a field of consciousness this could most readily be thought of as your subconscious mind or your local field of consciousness. Now, while cognition or thought processes take place in our mind, we have the experience of it taking place in our mind. Consciousness lives in every cell of the body. It also extends beyond our body and touches all that is. This is why we can access super consciousness or what's considered non-local information. So I consider as a human being, we have access to conscious processing, the conscious mind and the other than conscious, which includes the subconscious, but also the universal consciousness or super consciousness. It also gives you access to other people's thoughts. And so I'm, I don't necessarily slice and dice or I'm not that specific about where the information is coming from, it's either conscious, a conscious thought, or it comes from our other-than-conscious processing, which may include subconscious, but it may include much, much more. Now, as you first tune in or begin listening to intuitive guidance, it may not be verbal. It may be completely sensation or feeling-based. It will come up as an urging, an impulse, it could just be a sensation of uneasiness or expansion. Now, the first way I began tuning into my intuitive guidance, I began ascertaining whether or not it had a feeling of expansiveness or contraction. Expansiveness is like huge, just like your arms opening up and embracing the, the, the world. And it's just huge. It's light in feeling. It feels big. It feels open and airy. Contraction, on the other hand, is like you, you're tightening up all your muscles. You're wrapping your arms around your body. It almost feels like you have a rubber band constricting your body. Contraction and expansion. Now, typically, when something's not for you, you'll have a feeling of contraction. It will feel heavy. If something's a yes for you, if something is a go for you, you'll have a feeling of lightness and of expansion in openness. Not too long ago, my son, who's 24, 25, can't quite remember what, um, he had an, an opportunity to begin working for an individual. And he was debating back and forth whether or not it was the right move for him. 
pros and cons when he would consider things with his mind, working things out. Was this a good decision for him? And every time he came up with a list of ideas on why it was a good decision, he had a list of why it was not. And he discussed this with my wife and I for the better part of an hour. And finally, I just asked him, what do your vibes say? I asked him that knowing what the answer already was. I know what my vibes are saying. I could pick up what my wife's vibes were doing. And I could have told him what my vibes were saying, but it would not have served him one iota. Wouldn't served him at all. You want your children, you want the people in your life to make decisions on their own accord, to check in with their own vibes. So this is how I instructed him. Check in with your vibes. Imagine that you take the position. And six months to a year down the road, how does it feel when you think about being in the position for the next year? Is it open and expansive or is it tight and contracting? Does it feel like a burden? Does it feel heavy or does it feel light and exhilarating? He said it feels heavy, feels dull. And then I asked him, is this the feeling that you want to live with for the next six months to a year? He said, no. I said, well, then you have your answer. That's the answer from your intuition. Expanding on the idea that intuition shows up as a sensation, most generally, your information is going to be binary in nature. Again, this is more in the beginning. As you develop a rapport with your intuition and your other than conscious mind, you'll start getting more words. You'll start getting more pictures. But in the beginning, it's going to be more just a sensation or you're going to have an awareness of the sensations in your body. But when I say it's binary, it's either on or it's off. It's either right or left. It's a yes or a no. Most generally, there's no lengthy conversation involved, no long dissertation. It's just matter of fact, here's the facts, Jack. Contrast that with a thought. Typically, there's more worry, there's fear involved with a thought. It's been my experience that there is no fear with an intuition. It might be a concern. It might be uh, pay attention to this, but there's not really fear there. The exception to this is if you put yourself in a novel or unique situation, a new situation, and there's danger there. When there's danger, your spidey sense will start tingling. You'll start be hyper aware of what's going on. You'll have an uneasy feeling. And you'll usually get the communication to leave. You'll get the urge to leave. I'm in the wrong place. I've gotta go. I've gotta go now. Now, I say this assuming that this is not your typical response in social situations. If, you, if this is your go-to response, if you tend to be more introverted and you avoid public situations, this just may be part of your programming. But if you're typically okay, typically good in going into social situations and suddenly you get the urge or the impulse to leave, that this isn't for you, then you leave. Or you may also meet somebody and you may get the immediate response that you don't like them. There's something off about them. There's something weird or something that you need to pay attention to. I'm saying all this when tuning into your inner vibes, your inner responses, assuming that you have a familiarity with how you feel most days and from moment to moment. If I was to reflect back on an earlier time, especially in my early 20s, I was not that aware not cognitively, about the different things going on with my sensations. And because I didn't have that rapport, I didn't have that familiarity, I made some poor choices. But again, hindsight is twenty twenty. 
Fortunately, none of the choices created a high degree of risk or endangered my life, but it did put me in situations that were, you know, less than desirable for the long run. But this aspect of being able to tune in, of having a felt sense, having an awareness of the different sensations in your body is beyond the scope of this particular episode. So I'm just going to assume that it's there. If it doesn't feel to you as if it's there, as if you don't have that presence of mind, that presence of sensation or present or awareness, that awareness of the internal going ons, it's hard for you to decipher from feeling to feeling or sensation to sensation, then this needs to be an area of exploration. And uh, I'll get to that down the road. Or you can join the Nexus, and that is addressed inside the Intuition Course. But for now, I'm going to assume that you have access to this information. And of course, like anything, even if you have a little bit of presence of mind, the more you practice, the better you get. And as I said earlier, that feeling of expansion and contraction is one of the easiest feelings to tap into. But because people in general aren't practiced at being present to the sensations, the feelings in their body, they can misread them from time to time. Now, I have heard women, typically women in their 20s and early 30s, talk about when they meet a man, they'll say something like, he gives me butterflies. And they interpret it as excitement, as anticipation. But there's this feeling undercurrent of uncertainty about it. But they take the butterflies to mean that they're excited, that this is, you know, invigorating. And it may be novel, maybe new. But part of your brain is actually indicating that there is a sense of danger here, of uncertainty. When you're first stepping into a relationship, the feeling that should be present is safety of familiarity. If you're experiencing butterflies, if you're experiencing a little bit of anxiety inside the relationship, inside the first connections, then I would question that. Dig deeper. It begs a deeper question. And this brings up a good point. Intuition doesn't always stand on its own. Sometimes it's just an indicator. It calls attention to your mental processing. And so many times it requires your thoughts or your cognitive process, your conscious mind to process your intuitive information. Occasionally, the intuition is symbolic in nature. It just kind of indicates something, and it requires more and more questioning. And this brings up a very critical point when we access intuitive guidance. The other-than-conscious mind is always on the search to answer your most current question. And so, the quality of your question will determine the quality of your answer. All the Every thought that's ever been thought is out in the ether. And so if we tap into law of attraction, when you ask a particular question, you are calling forth a set of answers or there's a particular energetic mindset that is attached to that question. And you're going to attract a similar answer. Without going into too much depth here about the different types of questions to ask or how to ask them, because that's a whole lesson or a whole episode of itself, I can point to a couple of things to avoid. Don't ask what is the best or the better way to go. Because from the context of the universe, all roads lead to Rome. There is no best way. And it always depends on what are the, what's the criteria. How do you discern what is the best? What criteria are you using to measure whether or not this is the most appropriate, best way to go? And so I usually say, 
What is the most beneficial to all concerned? Will this lead to the most benevolent outcome? Another way I frame a question, is this the most appropriate path to take given all I'm up to in life? For me personally, most of the questions I've asked have oriented around personal growth. I was always on the fast track for personal growth. Now, understand that when that is your guiding principle or your guiding question, the universe will lead you into situations that will fast track your growth. They won't necessarily be the most comfortable, but in hindsight, you will be glad that you took that route. But when you're going through it, it can be rather uncomfortable. For instance, back in year one, right around Labor Day, I think I remember, I did an episode, The Path of a Mystic, or The Path of an Intuitive. That was it. That was the answer. That was the title, The Path of an Intuitive. And I talked about how I created a question for myself. I declared Revolution 88, that 1988 was going to be a revolution for my life. I felt like I was in a rut. Well, when I made that declaration, the, the prevailing question was, how can I upset the status quo? And as a consequence, I was guided to situation to situation, decision to decision that fast-tracked my growth, but basically eroded or eradicated everything else that was present in my life. At this point, you might be getting the idea that because there is no clear-cut answer, I'm giving you lots of different perspectives on how to ascertain what might be or could be an intuition. As I do this, let's expand a little bit on the types of information that might be an intuition. Sometimes you might get the intuitive hit or just the thought, take a nap, you're tired, or take the day off, or check the burner. You might have a feeling like the the burner was left on, or it could be a feeling like you forgot something, or there's something that still hasn't been checked off your list. I can remember leaving for a road trip, and I was out the door, and I thought I forgot something, and I went back into the kitchen. I couldn't remember what I thought I forgot. And I said, hmm, I can't even remember why I came in here. And I turned around and started to leave, and I felt my hand go back and feel for my wallet. I didn't have my wallet. So I walked over, grabbed my wallet, and I thanked my other-than-conscious mind. Other times, my wife will ask me, I can't find such and such. Do you know where it is? I says, well, I haven't seen it. Well, let me check in. So I check in, and then I come up with two or three places to look, and more often than not, it's in one of those three places. But intuition can show up another way. You might get the impulse to go out for coffee one day when most often you make it at home. You might get a particular craving for a flavor that's presented at a well-known coffee establishment. And you want that. Suddenly you want that. And you go get it. And then it turns out that you synchronistically meet somebody that you've been looking for or that you've been hoping for. Now, synchronicity is another factor When you start encountering synchronicities or so-called coincidences, events that coincide on your behalf, that is an indicator that you've been following your intuition. Now, if you've been setting off on a course and you're not necessarily been experiencing synchronicities, in fact, it feels like a struggle, feels like effort. Let me rephrase that. Not just effort, but efforting. Feels like you're putting in extra energy just to make things happen. Well, that's an indicator that you're operating from your mind and not your intuitive guidance. Intuition will lead you most often the easy way, at least a way that feels right. And if things aren't consistently feeling right or falling into place, then you might want to reconsider your approach. Reconsider where is this coming from? Where is this agenda 
coming from. Now, with that said, if you start experiencing synchronicity, you don't necessarily want to say, oh, that's so weird. You'll never guess what happened. It was bizarre. No, you want to expect the synchronicity. It is a natural part of following your intuition. It's not weird. It's to be expected. Although I get it, I get it when you're first starting out and really engaging your intuition and things start, you know, clicking for you, you can say the most amazing thing happened. You'll never guess what happened. And in the beginning, it will seem like it's out of place or abnormal or really weird or magical. But over time, you're going to start to expect it. Ideally, you want to consider it normal. The next evolution of an intuition will feel almost like a download or a packet of information. In computer vernacular, it could feel like a zip file, where there's several files, several different concepts compressed in this one download or one idea. Contrast that to a thought, and there seems to be a linear progression to a realization. One thought leads into the next thought, into the next thought. From an intuitive standpoint, that information will come in as a download or a gestalt, a whole packet of information, a whole knowing. For instance, I can remember when I had a young man who was involved or killed in a vehicle accident. He visited me while I was making coffee in the morning. I just had the sense that he was there standing in front of me. I could almost see him in my mind's eye. And he was telling me about how excited he was about the death process and how fast he could move from here to there and just how amazing it was. And then he said, oh, yeah, I died. And then I immediately got a download and I, ho- I saw the whole accident, the whole scenario, what had happened. What I just knew all the details or most of the details. And that speaks to the whole knowing without knowing how you know. That typically is the quality of an intuition. You know it. You feel like you know it but you don't know how you know it. It just feels like it's right, like it's a yes. Closely associated with this is a download that you receive or inspired action uh, impulse from the universe when you're connecting it to law of attraction. You've created an intention, you're setting off on a direction, and you're turning it over to the universe to assist you in the next step. How this will pop in, how this download will hit you, It will feel like it just popped into your head, like it hit you. Suddenly, you know you have a whole plan of action. Or it's like, oh, this is what you need to do. I just had that this morning. I'm not going to go into details about it, but the feeling that's associated with it, it is the most appropriate next step. And it feels illuminating. It feels bright. It feels airy. It feels feels like it's filled with possibility. There is a definite yes feeling about it. A sense of clarity. And that may even be the most appropriate characteristic of it. There's a sense of clarity about it. It just is clearly right. But just to clarify this, it's not going to feel like you figured something out. It will feel as if it was a gift, as if you spontaneously were gifted a knowing. And I'm trying to think right now, was it that way for me in the beginning? Um, I think so. I think it was. It wasn't necessarily as clear Uh, But there definitely was a feeling like it was a download, a new knowing. Okay, I just remembered. Thomas Edison, most of you have heard about Thomas Edison, the famous inventor. He had a very practical and straightforward methodology as he, he invented stuff. He would move off with a hypothesis and try and figure it out. 
he'd figure out as long as he could, or as far he'd go as far as he could with his current level of knowing. And whenever he got stuck, he would lay down and take a 20-minute cat nap. And invariably, his other-than-conscious mind gifted him with the next step, the, the solution to his problem that he was currently dealing with at that moment. But even so, he surrendered to his other-than-conscious mind as a result of the catnap. He was not very intuitive. You've all heard the story where it took him 2,000 attempts to invent the light bulb. Well, he didn't invent the light bulb. He was just trying to improve the light bulb. In his mind, there was no such thing as failure, only finding out what didn't work. And in finding out what didn't work, it would bring him closer to what did work. Now, contrast that or compare it to Nikola Tesla, Tesla actually worked in Edison's lab early on, but they had a difference of opinion. Tesla did not take the traditional approach, not the approach that Edison took. He expected a download. He would dream his inventions. He received entire schematics, plans on how to do things. He just knew it, but he could not readily explain it to Edison. And so they had a difference of opinion and they parted ways fairly early especially when it came down to the discussion on which form of electricity was most beneficial or most advantageous. Edison was married to direct current. Tesla said alternating current was the way to go. Well, Edison said alternating current will kill you. But there was a problem with direct current because it would lose voltage the longer the wire was. Now, if you don't know the difference between direct current and alternating current, Direct current is the current that comes from your batteries. Alternating current is now used in virtually every home in the world. Suffice it to say, Tesla intuitively knew everything he needed to know about electricity, and then some. Now I want to speak a little bit about when this information comes in, when your intuitive information comes in. It's typically when your conscious mind is in neutral. You're either in the shower, you're driving, you're getting dressed, you're cooking, doing the dishes, lawn work, something where you've turned control over to your subconscious mind. It's usually a task that you've done many, many times. There's no conscious involvement. Your conscious mind essentially goes into neutral and your subconscious mind takes over the task, takes over the thinking, takes over everything. And then things pop into your head. Another time these intuitions pop in your head is that time between sleeping or slumber and wakefulness. There's a period of time just as you're waking up, just as you're stepping into consciousness, where you get a download. You have an awareness. In a state very similar to this is that of meditation. If you're able to relax the mind and body to a point where you become a little numb, you feel that feeling of expansiveness, as you come out of your meditation, usually you'll have some type of an awareness. This is when the universe presents you with a download. In 2005, I was single living by myself, and around 1230 at night, I woke up, and I knew that I was supposed to go for a drive. Now, this wasn't extraordinary, I mean, not for me. I would often go for a drive in the middle of the night to allow the universe to communicate with me while I was driving. I'd actually drive to receive good information, receive ideas. But here it was about 1230 in the middle of January. It was cold outside and I was to go for a drive. I got dressed with very little fanfare. I just kind of knew what I was supposed to do. Now, what I typically did, I would get in the car, clean it off, warm it up, 
And then I'd go to 7-Eleven, get myself, get to myself a coffee and get myself coffee. And by the time I got my coffee, I had an idea, a general idea on which direction I was supposed to head. And at this point in my life, I was living in Saginaw, Michigan, and I was to drive out along the thumb. If you look at your right hand, you know, Michigan is in the shape of a mitten. I was going to drive near the tip of the thumb along the coastline of Lake Huron. I don't know why. I just, that was the impulse that I got. It was a starry, moonlit night, and I was looking forward to this drive along the lakeshore. Now, I I was excited about it. And as I drove through Bay City, I was leaving Bay City. A couple miles out of town, I came to a four-way stop sign, and I continued on, continued straight, with the intention of still driving along the coastline. But it was probably about 100 yards down the road. I realized I had the sensation I'm driving the wrong way. I don't want to drive along the lakeshore now. I mean, it's earlier, it's all I could think about. But now, it's going the wrong way. I don't want to. I don't want to make that long drive. And then I started thinking, oh man, you're going to drive back all that way. It's going to take you all night. So again, without fanfare, I simply turned around and headed back to the four-way. And when I was there at the four-way stop, I decided which way do I wanted to go. I got the impulse, turn left. So I headed left, heading south into Frankenmuth. Now I told this story in an earlier episode, one of the first episodes I released. Long story short. I ended up coming upon a young man. By the time I came up to him, he was two miles away from his car, which had ran out of gas. It was cold out. It was, you know, in the mid-20s. And this young man only had a jacket. I pulled up alongside of him, and I rolled down the window. I said, is that your car back there a couple miles? He said, yes, I ran out of gas. He says, I'm walking up to the gas station. I said, come on, get in. The car's warm. He said, no, I'll walk. I said, don't be stupid. It's 20 degrees out. You only have a jacket on. The car's warm. I'll take you right there. And he trusted me. He got in and he was definitely cold. I don't think he would have made it the additional two and a half miles to the gas station. So we went and he didn't have money, didn't really have money for a gas can. He was hoping to borrow one. They weren't about to let him borrow one. So I bought one. We filled the gas can up, drove him back to his car. He put the gas in his car. I said, I will follow you to the gas station. I'm ready to refuel, and we'll put gas in our cars together. Well, I followed him to the gas station, and we pulled up to the same island. He was on one side, and I was on the other. And as we're filling up our tank, I saw him kind of looking off in the distance, and he wistfully said, you know, I was praying to God that someone would find me. And I said, you did? He said, yeah. I said, well, let me tell you something. An hour ago, I was in bed. I got the call to wake up and go for a drive. And then I found you. Not where I was originally heading. I had little impulses, of course, correcting me the whole way, guiding me to you. And so your prayer was answered. But you might be asking, why me? I can tell you that because I'm a person that listens. I tell you this story because there's a mix of feelings and thoughts that go along with it. I thought I was going to drive along the lakeshore. I knew I was being called to go for a drive, but that wasn't anything special. But then once I started heading the wrong way, I had the feeling I was going the wrong way. It just didn't feel right. So I turned around. I just knew I had to turn around. And then when I was at the stop sign, I just checked in which way felt most appropriate. And left felt more appropriate. So I headed south. 
So as I drove through Frankenmuth, now Frankenmuth is a German town, a tourist town. There's a couple big restaurants, there's Bronner's Christmas decorations. And at this time of the year, there was actually a, an international ice carving competition going on. It was cold enough. They had big blocks of ice, and they carved them in all these animals and different figures. And I've gone there before. And I used to walk around all the carvings, and I could look at them without any crowds around me. Because at this time of night, there was nobody on the streets. But on this occasion, I had the impulse just to keep driving. I thought to myself, the car's so warm. It's so cold outside. I really don't want to get out and walk around in that bitter cold. Bitter cold, warm car. See how it translates further down the road? But I was just following the impulses, these little thoughts that would pop up here and there. I never had the full experience that I was following an intuitive journey, that I was being guided along the way. But by this time in my history, I had already spent probably, oh geez, 15 years invested in learning to tap into my intuition, learning how to differentiate, how to make these different sensations distinct. And it became a second nature to me. And it's a second nature to me today. And this brings me to the last point I want to make in this episode, and that's that it's going to take practice. When you have an intuition that you feel is an intuition, you follow it. You follow the steps, follow the breadcrumbs, and see where it leads. Does it lead to something amazing, or does it lead to a less than desirable result? Because sometimes, especially in the beginning, you're not necessarily going to know the difference between the thought and an intuition. You're not going to have the presence of mind to figure out what the different distinctions are about it. And so if it feels like it could be an intuition, follow it and see what happens. In hindsight, you can look back on it and reflect, how did that information feel when I first became aware of it? When it first entered my awareness, what was the quality of that feeling? Where did I feel it in my body? What was the intuition about it? How did they interpret it? And you can do this whether it works out for you, for your benefit, or maybe not so admirably. Either way, it's good information. And just like Edison says, there is no such thing as failure, only feedback. And so when something doesn't work out for you, didn't pan out the way you thought it would, and you go back and reflect on that inner feeling, when it happened, how did it pop into your awareness, what was the quality of that thought or sensation, then you know, okay, that, I'm not going to follow that again. That was not so great information. But if things work out to your benefit, you can reflect back, what was the quality of that information when it first came into my awareness? Now that, next time that pops into my awareness, I'm going to follow that idea, follow that sensation. Now, I've also had things not work out because I cognitively have overridden my intuition. I would know things about certain relationships, certain people. I would just had a feeling about them and I downplayed it, didn't pay attention. Only later to find out my intuition was correct. I knew something on some level, but I did not pay attention. But it's still good information. In hindsight, I can go back to that moment when I knew it wasn't really the truth. It really wasn't the way I wanted it to be with my mind. If I tuned into my feelings, I knew on some level, I knew it was a bad decision. I knew the relationship wouldn't work out. 
So again, I reflect back, and the next time I felt that feeling, I could heed it. I could listen to it. But information from the universe, intuition, doesn't come in just randomly or every now and then. We have access to it at any given moment. Every moment of the day, every day we receive 10,000 whispers. The universe is continually whispering on our behalf for our benefit. But most often, we're not open to listen. We're not open to receive. That's the part that takes practice. It's learning to listen to the intuition when it's a whisper and take action on it. More often than not, and the universe is really, you know, has our back. If we don't hear it as a whisper, the next time it comes across, it'll be a little louder. And then the next time, a little louder. And if you're still not heeding the advice from the universe, heeding your intuition, things will get so bad because you're taking the wrong path. Things will get so bad you cannot not pay attention to the signals, the signs. Oops, and I thought I was giving you the last piece of advice here. Let's talk a little bit about signs. A lot of times people will ask for a sign. They don't know which way to go. They're not paying attention to the whisper, and they'll ask for a sign. Give me a sign to really indicate the most appropriate direction, the most appropriate decision. Give me a sign. And then you get a sign. Well, I don't know if that's really it. Can you give me another sign? And another sign? (laughs) Most often we keep asking for these signs because the sign or intuitive guidance is not lining up with the desires of the ego. And so we're checking in. Are you sure? Are you really sure that this guy isn't right for me? Are you really sure that this relationship is wrong? Are you sure that I need to leave this job? You see, we doubt that intuitive guidance because it flies in the face of decisions that we've made, cognitive decisions. I say that though, it's okay to ask for a sign. If you're unsure, ask for a sign. But don't keep asking for signs about the same thing if you're getting signs. And what might be a sign? You ask for a sign, you might be guided towards a book. You might have a random conversation with someone and they say something in a way that strikes a chord, that sounds or resonates like it's true to you. Something I've done in the past, I needed some guidance, I'll walk up to my bookshelf and I'll reach out and grab a book. And then I'll open it up and plop my finger down and start reading where my finger lands. And most generally, it's within paragraph or two around where I landed. Sometimes it's on the page before, the page after. And so if I don't readily find it, I keep reading, I look forward, I look backward, and then it's there. But I open the book expecting an answer. Other devices I've used over the years is a pendulum. And I'll go into another conversation at some point on how to use a pendulum, but you could probably, more than likely, look it up on the internet. The other thing I've used oracle cards over time, I also use playing cards. If I feel that my cognitive mind, my conscious mind is getting in the way of me receiving a clear answer, I'll I'll get a crutch. I'll use the crutch. I'll pick a card, maybe three cards, lay them out. And it always is affirming. I always know. And maybe you don't have access to an Oracle deck. You don't know which one to use. I can suggest a couple, but ultimately it's up to you. Pick one that resonates with you. You can look them up on Amazon. You can look online. Just type in Oracle deck. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry and Baby Witch have created an Oracle deck. There's more than you can shake a stick at out there. So what I'm saying is you can find some device to guide you 
or affirm to you what you already know. I still do readings on occasion uh, by special request, and I never ever tell anybody what they don't already know. But what I find interesting is that sometimes I'll tell people, if you go down this path, it's going to be problematic. You're going to have a lot of challenges. It's not going to work out to the, you know, you're not going to be as happy as you think you are. But people still go. They still go down that path, even though they were seeking out the reading for clarification on whether or not they should go down the path. The information that they received is actually an opportunity to make a different decision, to go in a different direction. It's almost like they have to find out for themselves, only to get at the end and reflect back. I knew it wasn't going to work out. There was a lot of signs, but I didn't pay attention. But that points to your own educational journey. You're going to have conflicts with your ego mind. There are going to be goals and aspirations that appeal to you, appeal to the ego aspect of your mind, or some deep-seated need that you have that has been unfulfilled. And you're going to ignore your intuition on some level, only to come to the realization later that on some level, you knew, you knew in the beginning, but you overrode it because at the time you said, I couldn't trust it. I didn't know. But just like Edison says, there are no failures. You only find out what doesn't work. And so with that new knowing, that new knowledge, you can begin anew. You can set off on your path. And next time, You can pay attention to your intuition when it pops up. There's much, much more we can talk about around this topic, many more distinctions, many more subtle aspects of learning to follow your intuition. But I think I hit the biggies in this episode. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 